Wood McKenzie's Solar and Energy Storage Summit is back, taking place at the Palace Hotel in San Francisco on June 21st and 22nd. Join expert solar and storage analysts for discussions with leading grid-scale utilities, solar and energy storage developers, and federal policymakers. How is the IRA catapulting the development of solar and storage in North America? How can we continue to build a productive environment for solar and energy storage as we move forward with the energy transition? Expect two days of panel discussions, presentations, and workshops as we explore the opportunities for solar and storage in the coming decades. If you're interested in sponsoring or attending, find out more at woodmac.com events. The ultimate goal is to work with industry players to create the highest energy battery cells with the fastest charging capabilities and keep it cool and keep it safe. So the key technology barriers to achieve that, it's managing the heat. It's knowing how the battery is behaving all the time. This is The Interchange Recharged. I'm David Bam Miller. The key to decarbonizing the world is electrification powered by renewables. Electric cars, microgrids, and storage all rely on efficient, powerful batteries. Developing the lightest, highest energy cells with the fastest charging capabilities will speed up the energy transition. Everyone wants lighter, faster, smaller, and more efficient batteries. The speed of change has had significant impact on price. They're down 80% in the last few years as technology has advanced. In 2020, the International Renewable Energy Agency, ARENA, and the International Energy Agency, the IEA, released a report highlighting the benefits and investment barriers to drive faster uptake of cooling systems powered by renewables. Energy-efficient heating and cooling based on renewable sources has emerged as an urgent priority for countries striving to meet climate commitments under the Paris Agreement and to build resilient, sustainable economies," said ARENA Director General Francesco La Camera at the time. Heating and cooling demand accounts for around half of global energy consumption. The implications for an efficient thermal management technology are vast. Managing heat in EV batteries, data centers, and energy storage facilities could cut emissions and drive us further along the energy transition. I'm joined today by Michael Moe, CEO of Cooler Technologies. People want to be associated with ESG story, the right mission statement for sustainability, electrification, the green economy. And these are not just words that you say, you know, uh, these are actually what you do every day. So what we do every day is to empower all that, is to empower sustainability for our customers, right? To empower the safest, the most reliable recycling program. We have a great engineering team through the leadership. I think we got, you know, probably the best team in the industry to focus on solving these energy management problems. Cooler works with governments and institutions who need cooling solutions as they continue to evolve with electrification. Battery cooling and thermal management solutions in aviation, EVs, and storage are more crucial than ever. On the other side of the coin, we see energy storage competing with demand-side response since both provide flexibility services to the grid. Coming up, Michael explains how advancements in lithium-ion technology could address this challenge and accelerate adoption of EVs and storage. Faster charging batteries that can be recycled could alleviate a lot of the concerns around EV adoption 
with range anxiety still a significant barrier. The future of a sustainable economy and the ability for us to cool our spaces efficiently and power our vehicles, microgrids, and storage centers are all closely linked. On the interchange today, what developments are we seeing in lithium-ion batteries? How can we get reliable cooling solutions that help us minimize our energy consumption? Let's find out. Michael, thanks for joining us and welcome. Yes, David. Hey, uh, great to uh, be with you today. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about Cooler and, and some of the things that you're doing in the battery space. Yeah, at Cooler, uh, we're developing uh, energy management platforms to accelerate the global transition to the electrification economy. So uh, we've developed uh, multiple platforms on this. Uh, one is a Cooler One. That's our uh, sustainable, safe battery platform that we inherited from the NASA methodology on how to keep batteries safe to go into space. We've done a lot of work with NASA in the past. So we're uh, building that application or building that platform for not just for space applications, but for commercial applications. Yeah, you guys were involved with the Perseverance uh, Mars rover, which is obviously pretty cool. How has that impacted kind of what you're working here on on Earth, <laughs> but in terms of the development of the technology? Yeah, so we have worked with NASA for over 25 years. Uh, like I mentioned, it's on the uh, Mars rover Perseverance on the Red Planet. And uh, that's a thermal management technology to keep the instruments, to keep the, uh, the laser, the optic uh, system uh, on the Mars rover operating in uh, ideal temperature. So that technology has been adopted for lithium-ion battery safety. Uh, we take that technology and actually work also with NASA and other DOD primes to use it to protect uh, lithium-ion battery safety, you know, fire and so forth. You've probably seen that in some of the incidents being reported. Uh, so the technology is on the International Space Station to keep the astronauts' laptop batteries, portable batteries, and their, uh, uh, you know, the, the tablets safe. And we're taking that technology, or well, we have taken that technology, work with Department of Transportation to use that for battery recycling, storage, and transportation. Uh, so we receive a special permit from Department of Transportation to ship batteries up to 2.5 kilowatt hours. So these would be, you know, power tool batteries, e-bike batteries, and even smaller EV battery modules, electric plane batteries, then use them for recycling. So it's really taking, you know, the technology from Mars rover Perseverance to International Space Station all the way down to battery recycling here on Earth. Now, the technology around batteries has, has really accelerated uh, over the past few years. Uh, how are you seeing that in the overall battery storage environment? And, and how do you see it going forward in terms of technological advances? I think that in the recent years, uh, the investment in battery has really, really accelerated, uh, you know, around the world because of the EV, uh, electric mobility, energy storage. What we're seeing is that uh, people are looking for higher energy capacity battery technology, right? So you want the smaller battery, pack more energy, charge faster. Everybody wants lighter, faster, uh, smaller, and more energy. So what the ha has translated into is uh, these lithium-ion battery cells, for instance, uh, with lithium uh, metal or in uh, silicon anode uh, technology, it will pack about 20% more energy into the battery. Uh, what that translates into is that there's higher level risk because you know that level of energy, 20% more, means there's 20% more energy gets released if a thermal runaway event happens. So we recently um, won an award from the Army 
to develop their next generation, uh, the high energy battery pack for them. Those are using silicon anode uh, cells. So what we're seeing is that those silicon anode cells or silicon anode you know, technology in general will produce much higher temperature over, uh, could potentially be over 2000 degrees C uh, when thermal runaway happens. So the safety aspect of it uh, becomes ever more important uh, from, from the design, from a testing perspective to make sure all these, you know, the latest and greatest is as safe as possible. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing is, you know, there's much more demand for, like you said, smaller, higher energy capacity. I mean, you kind of think going back, semiconductors uh, have continued to get smaller and smaller and more powerful. I think people probably translate into to wanting to see that in the battery storage as well. But some of the biggest challenges that you're facing, what what, what are you saying? Yeah, interesting. You mentioned semiconductors. So I came from the semiconductor world, uh, started my career in the 90s in semiconductor and software, and then I should now transition to thermal management and so forth. What has been driving semiconductor is the Moore's law, right? So you got to get double the performance, half the cost every 18 months. And that Moore's law has really, you know, we all benefit from, from more Moore's law. Uh, now we have iPhone that's more powerful than a supercomputer you know, 20 years ago uh, in your pocket. Uh, unfortunately, there's no Moore's Law in uh, battery yet. Uh, it's because these are electrochemical, you know, products. So it's not just the physics part of it, there's a chemistry part of it. So it's like a living organism, you know, by itself. And that's what makes the battery world so interesting and, uh, you, know, a, a, you know, a lot more complex. And the progress you see in battery is not doubling the performance and half the cost every 18 months. I think it's more in in line about four to four to six percent a year. Those kind of uh, incremental, you know, changes. So that's one of the challenges that the industry is facing is about how much the speed of change. But I believe that this, you know, significant investment has been made. A lot of technology has been developed so that this path will starting to accelerate. And so, you know, so the challenges is, you know, it's really to go to the industry where the puck is going. Right, so we believe that as these advancements in nanotechnology, in cathode technology, in higher energy, you know, capacity and density products, the safety, sustainability becomes uh, ever, ever more important. That's a challenge for the industry. That actually presents an opportunity for cooler to really focus on that air, you know area and solve that problem, uh, you know, overall. And you mentioned the significant amount of investment coming in. How are you finding the environment, not only for cooler, but for other technologies as well? I mean, is this something where the returns continue to be solid uh, to drive that investment? Is it more tax incentives? Is it more just companies uh, trying to be part of the energy transition and, and the green economy? Or is it kind of all of the above? I think there's definitely a lot of government support coming into this. And we've been looking at, you know, government support, uh, you know, government funding here. And that's why we uh, start looking at uh, moving the supply chain in our, in our manufacturing to North America at about uh, two years ago. So now a lot of our uh, infrastructure is here in North America now in San Diego, uh, expanding to Texas. So we're looking forward to uh, participate in some of these government programs uh, with local manufacturing. But yeah, um, I you know I think that the capital market has invested in the EV world, in the electrification world a lot over the last couple of years. The market has certainly turned. That you know the market is very sensitive to companies that are not profitable yet. This is where Quarter's focus in 2023 is really about growth uh, and monetization of 
all the investments that we have made in our infrastructure, in our people, in the platforms that we built. So we believe that 2023 will be a huge growth year for us and uh, on the way to have visibility to profitability. Uh, we build a business model that is um, have a um, sustainable fixed cost and at any scale up from here uh, will be a variable cost through contract manufacturing through our partners. So um, I think that the, towards second half of the year, we're going to have uh, some some better visibility to path to profitability uh, coming up pretty soon. You're really building on the economies of scale uh, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we've invested in our people, invest our infrastructure. Uh, we just announced our Q1 results. Uh, our revenue growth was 700, almost 780% year over year. We communicate that we, ex- we expect the growth to continue uh, throughout 2023 from 2022. We've invested a lot of resources in our uh, self-screening product line, in our uh, manufacturing capability here in North America, in our testing capability with our expansion in Texas. And we've expanded our engineering resource to have Dr. Will Walker uh, coming from NASA. He was the uh, uh, thermal lead at Johnson Space Center for 13 years. And he brought in a team of ex-NASA engineers and scientists to really commercialize all these methodology that they've been using. So we've made significant investments. We made significant investments into our inventory, into our brand, into the whole platform. And uh, we believe that 2023 will really be the year that we monetize on that and really expand on that. You know, out of curiosity, uh, on a number of discussions we've had on this podcast, I mean, there's a number of brilliant of minds that are coming together as part of the energy transition. And you mentioned investing in, in the people. How are you seeing the, the hiring environment? I mean, from what I can tell, there's a lot more interest in the younger generation coming out of college or, or graduate programs to really be involved in the energy transition and take part of the green economy. Are you seeing kind of the same thing as, as you're continuing to invest in your people? Yeah, we absolutely see that. Uh, people, especially young people, want to be associated with ESG story, the right mission statement for sustainability, electrification, the green economy. Um, and, and these are not just words that you say, you know, uh, these are actually what you do every day. So what we do every day is to empower all that, is to empower sustainability for our customers, right? To empower the safest, the most reliable recycling uh, program. And that's what we do every day. So, you know, we have a great engineering team through the leadership, you know, and a lot of these young people, they're, they're referred to by people that already work at Cooler. And, you know, the word spreads. And I think that's the best recruiting tool is by reference. And I think we've got, you know, probably the best team in the industry to focus on solving these energy management problems. And we announced our, our you know, Cooler One platform in CES this year. Uh, we announced the Cooler One Design Solutions, which is the methodology to achieve that Cooler One uh, energy storage platform. And the reception from uh, the marketplace has been uh, overwhelming. So I, I think to answer your question, I think y- you stay true to your mission. You stay true to the sustainability, the whole ESG initiative, uh, what you do every day. And the best and the brightest talent would, would gravitate towards that. And Cooler is involved in, in recycling, uh, w- which you're developing the programs for that, which in my opinion, that's going to be a, a key piece going forward. We're we're still in, in very early stages 
of that and being able to make a significant impact. But can you expand a little bit on what you're doing on the recycling front and how you see that impacting the business going forward? So we provide the case. Uh, we have a technology called Safe, safe Case. Like I said, it's on the uh, International Space Station uh, since 2019 to keep the astronauts' laptop, the, the portable battery safe. So we've re-engineered that product to be industrial strength to obviously lower costs than on the space station and work with uh, one of the largest uh, recycling infrastructure companies here in, in the North America called Serba Solutions and help them to do recycling recall programs for, uh, for batteries. So now we're working with power tool companies, uh, some of the largest uh, retailers and uh, consumer electronics companies to do the most sustainable recycling program. Yeah, the case is reusable and it's totally recyclable and, and creating a business model such that to lower the total cost of operation and ownership for the customer. So that's on the recycling side. Like you said, it's we're, the, we're only at the beginning uh, ending of that uh, because you, you're going to see a lot more of these you know, EVs, e-bikes, and products getting to the marketplace. The recycling happens in you know, two, three, five years after that. So that circular part of the circular economy, if you will, is going to, you know, the flywheels is really going to start to turn, you know, accelerate that turn. The other part I think is, is really kind of important is in addition to recycling, another thing important is going to be reuse. So, you know, we use batteries mostly for single purpose. For example, you have a bike, uh, you, sorry, you have a, a battery for your e-bike. You got a battery for your power tools, and you got a battery for your energy storage to back up your energy at uh, you know at your home. But these are three individual pieces. But you know we don't have uh, three laptops for three different applications or iPads. We have one. So we believe that the future will lead to a direction where a common battery platform could be reused or repurposed across multiple applications. And that's when we announced the Cooler One program, which is a platform that a you know we actually adopted the NASA safety protocols to design the battery pack, and use that to design for e-bike batteries, power tool batteries, electric plane batteries, and the whole bit. So that is uh, so a business model could uh, evolve into you use that battery for your first application, which could be electric plane or e-bike. After you use it, and then you can use it again to, when you're not doing that, you can use it for uh, energy storage for your home and energy storage for your business. So because you have different time of the day using the battery, that one battery can be used for multiple applications. And when you combine that with intelligence, with software management, that you know all that stuff, and this is where things get interesting, and then this could be the future of like the AWS of energy. So that you you don't need to buy individual batteries, you don't need to buy it, you own it or you use it, you pay a service fee, a recurring revenue or a rental fee for that battery, they can use it for multiple platforms. So we're starting that with customers on industrial applications. Uh, so let's say that for electric plane, you know, that they very, very, very high performance, you can use that battery, the quarter one battery. After a year, two years, that battery become 80% capacity not used for electric plane anymore, but perfectly good battery for other applications like fast charging, energy storage for other pro uh, products. So I think this reuse is actually as, as important as recycling because you want to extend the life of that battery. So that's only possible when you have a really sustainable battery pack, a really safe battery pack, and really intelligent battery pack 
where you know the state of health and state of safety for your battery throughout its life, then you have confidence level that the second life application that you can use it with a good degree of confidence. So actually, I think that's where the battery uh, industry will will go into, and the industry will transition its business model eventually into the AWS of energy. That's interesting. A, a single battery for multiple applications. I mean, what, what are what are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing to be able to to adopt that type of of business model? I think that different vertical markets they all have their own proprietary protocols, um, their own interface, connectors, and so forth. So there is barriers to that particular business model because the you know the incumbent players build the barriers there to keep their ecosystem, if you will, right? To keep their economic, uh, well, to keep the economics in their ecosystem. But I think that as some of these you know OEMs finding more and more the challenge of you know, getting to the safe battery, keeping up with the latest technology and the latest regulation that's going to come to demand these, you know, electrification or power tools, uh, cooktops, and the whole bit. So these OEMs, they're not battery companies. You know, they should use battery as an energy source, and they shouldn't, you know, become experts in battery. So I think that the industry is going to move towards uh, looking for expertise like cooler to provide them that total solution. I think that's a transition. And I think there's, you know, barriers to entry to that. And I think there is learning curve to come with that. Those are the kind of the, you know, the initial challenges of the industry. But as we getting these products into the marketplace and you see OEM starting uh, starting to adopt these things and you can really see economics because if you buy a battery, let's say for example, it's a hundred bucks, but if you, you know, lease it, it's ten bucks a month, and you don't, you know, you you get the latest thing all the time. Then I think there's going to be business models that evolve where that's going to make a lot of sense for OEMs and for customers for certain applications. And then the industry was starting to uh, gain traction in that direction, very much like you know back in the day when, you know, you buy songs uh, for your iPod, and then twenty years ago there were people stealing songs to put in your iPod. But then, you know, Apple Music and Spotify made it so available, nine bucks a month for 60 million songs, whatever the latest pricing is, it's cheaper to buy it than to steal it. So nobody wants to steal anything more. And now it's, you know, it's for cloud computing used to be everybody buys their own, you know, builds their own cloud computing infrastructure. Now with AWS, with NVIDIA's cloud infrastructure with Google Cloud, with Azure from Microsoft, and with AI built in. Nobody is, you know, really building this hyperscale. They're, you know, they're just using it to just keep up with the, with the latest technology and the economics. I feel that energy will go the same way. That, you know, you can see that, you know, Tesla, the big auto EMs are, is already going there with their cars, used as a backup, as a backup energy. And there's tons of other applications that's not EV, that's not, you know, your grid storage stuff, like everything's going to get electric, you know, moving the path to electrification. So all these batteries together can create a new ecosystem, a new AWS, as long as you have safety, sustainability, intelligence built in, I think that could be a very, very interesting model. 
Yeah, it's a great initiative because, you know, obviously one of the concerns around the whole energy transition is the cost of the end consumer, right? And what this does is likely brings down the overall cost as it relates to battery storage because there's multiple applications. And so you can really have cost efficiencies for the consumer. Yeah, when you bring down the cost and it's because economy of scale and the reuse and all that stuff, that encourages reuse. That encourages that you don't throw things away because it's not yours. You you return it. So that's how you keep the circular economy in a more controlled manner, right? If it's you know people have the freedom just to throw them away, then it's harder to reinforce that circular economy. But if it's everything is you leased it after you use it, don't throw it away because you need to return it to get your money back. Otherwise, you're obligated to to pay some extra money. Then people are incentivized to recycle and to return it. Otherwise, they just throw it in the garbage can. So I think a lower cost of ownership from the customer or for the consumer, and I think it's a better business model for the OEMs, and then this whole ecosystem uh, encourages a user to return the used battery in a responsible way that reinforces reuse and recycling. It's net positive for everybody. You know, it's a win-win-win. So we believe that's the trend. Uh, we believe this is where the industry needs to go. And we, we can't do it alone. So we want to provide all the technology, the capabilities to showcase in our quarter one platform and also enable other companies, partners uh, into the ecosystem to reinforce that circuit economy loop. And with a less fragmented market, I mean, that just helps drive the, the energy transition forward at a lot faster pace and at a cost efficient manner. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And this is where, you know, you can work with regulators, you can work with all the stakeholders, you know, in a cohesive way, right? Because regulation is coming. You know, California is, is, is allowing, you know, certain uh, level of, uh, you know, diesel lawnmowers. We're all going to move to electric power tools by 2024. There's, you know, talk about gas uh, stoves, um, move to electric stoves. And all these things are super taxing to the to the energy grid. So you need local storage to buffer them, to provide capabilities and all that stuff. So the more sustainable, safe the local energy storage is and with more intelligence, that's going to help all the stakeholders, right, to, to get comfortable about this and all the regulation insurance companies, financing companies, all that stuff. So yeah, we, we want to be the enabler of that. We want to provide the best technology to enable people's business models and transition to a sustainable uh, circular electrification economy. And something that has really become clear as a critical piece of the energy transition is, as you mentioned, the uh, smart software uh, for energy management. It's often overlooked in kind of the broad discussions around energy transition, but something that will continuing to be a key piece of it. But what is Cooler doing on on that front from the software side? Yeah, we uh, there's two pieces of it. Uh, one is that we have invested in a technology called CellCheck over the last two years. It's our smart uh, energy management software that sits on top of a BMS system and actually made the BMS system, the battery management system, more intelligent. Uh, it's connected, so it keeps all the data about the battery system from uh, humidity, vibration, charge discharge, how healthy it is, doing operation. And so that's a cell check technology, and it's connected to the cloud. It works on your phone, and then you have AI capabilities. The more 
deployment we have, the more data that we get from the battery cells, from the operation, the smart the system will get. So that is built into our quarter one platform to give our customers a real-time access in also the entire life of the, you know, the battery operation uh, about the state of health and all the conditions gone through, right? So that's really, really important. And the other piece of technology that we acquired last year was called Quota Vibe, uh, which is a technology that's been used on military helicopters to balance the blades. So this the removing, uh, this is the mitigation, it's a removal and mitigation of vibration in those uh, rotors that reduction of vibration is a reduction in wear and tear for the mechanical parts, which is a big part of uh, the mechanical system. And also we've operated on drones that we've seen increase up to 25% in flight time, the same battery, but by removing the vibration, the vehicle is fighting less of its own you know, imperfections. So the battery can fully be operational and used just to do flight time. So we can yeah, you know, increase the flight time by up to 25%. And in some incidents, they can increase the lift, how much the drone can lift by up to 30% in some, you know, really good cases. So we believe that that technology not only can be applied to helicopters and drones and now eVTOL programs, but anything that rotates. And when you look at electric mobility, when you look at electrification, all the moving parts are through rotors, you know, driven by battery. So we're looking at combining that technology with sensors, with our cell check technology to be a total end-to-end software platform uh, from the drivetrain to the energy use to make it as efficient and as safe as possible. One of the concerns that consistently comes up as it relates to battery energy storage is uh, the supply chain and some constraints that could be coming up in regards to lithium, cobalt, nickel, you name all all the different types of uh, storage metals. What are you seeing on the supply chain side, and, and do you see any hurdles in the coming years as it relates to that? Yeah, I think that uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that, the nickel, cobalt, all the minerals or the natural resource that go to the battery. You know, that's certainly a hot topic. To kind of get ahead of it, we, we have some strategic relationships. One of them is with a battery cell maker out of um, Taiwan and Canada, Komani uh, Cell Energy. And that we work with them on their uh, high power cells for very high end applications like electric planes, high end uh, EVs to really secure the cell supply to build our applications. And I think that, you know, in the from a more macro level, you're looking at, you know, once you get these uh, natural resources off the ground, you want to use as much as possible. And that's why we're so big on uh, second life applications, right? Um, so, and also on recycling. So you want to have that battery to be operational for as long as it can uh, in its current form, right? And so the, to, you know, to do that is keep it safe, uh, to know the state of operation, to know the state of health through, throughout its life. So you have confidence that's still good in keeping all the data and then go across multiple applications through that. And at the end of that, get to the right uh, recycling partner and uh, recy- you know, recycle uh, as much of that material and then keep the you know the energy uh, sorry the circular economy going. So that's our contribution and this is how we participate yeah into the supply chain world. Which again yeah, it just goes back to the point I made earlier about recycling really going to be a key a key piece of this. Uh, just from a, a cost standpoint, an efficiency standpoint, 
uh, and just a green economy and helping with global emissions going forward. Yeah. Uh, recycler, you know, lithium-ion battery recyclers is going to be the new mining company of the next generation. Yep. You know, we talked a little bit earlier on some of the government incentives that are making an impact in the industry. Are there any in particular that you point to that has had a really good impact in your business? And also maybe some of the things that policymakers can be doing to help accelerate the energy transition, particularly as it relates to energy storage. Yeah, I think, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act is really be a booster for the whole sector. We're, we're looking to how uh, Kuda can participate in that. And we're talking to DARPA E. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think I'm, I'm, I'm speaking at the, one of the DARPA E conferences in June about the circular economy. Uh, about sustainability and how about um, how uh, North America manufacturing supply chain uh, can be impacted with you know various different technologies and and what we're looking you know forward from a government and regulatory perspective to to be helpful to us. So I think that you know that's certainly a hard and important topic. And we also see you know just from what we do, which is a lot of aerospace defense uh, work still, and then moving to uh, you know commercial applications. You know, uh, NASA's big initiative is going back to the moon in 2024. So that's the Artemis program. And this time, it's not just going back there, but actually stay there and, and do a lot of work on the moon, which requires a lot of energy. So the energy storage is going to be a big topic, uh, you know, going up there, the rovers, the energy storage parts and so forth. So we're doing a lot of work with them on the cell screening. Uh, we announced that, that we... Uh, receive a sole source contract from NASA to perform a, a very stringent cell screening and testing process to make sure all the battery cells are the highest quality possible so they can qualify to go to the moon, right? So we've invested uh, a lot of, you know, last two years building that infrastructure out for them. So we're looking forward to accelerate that deployment of that program with NASA into 2024 and beyond. Now we see other commercial space and other uh, very high value like electric play, EV to customers and army and so forth uh, want to get the same level of safety, of visibility into the supply chain, into the cell that we're doing for NASA. So I think that's a little bit tangential, uh, but that's also picking up a lot of steam. It's because of the policies and the government initiatives going back to the moon, uh, electrification, everything. So we're, we're feeling the effect of that. Uh, and uh, we're the beneficiary of that, of course. Any other technologies that you see out there that are really making an impact on the energy transition or things that are being developed that you think can be really impactful in the future? Uh, interesting question. Um, I think there's you know, a lot of talk about hydrogen. So I think that could be an interesting play. But just coming back to the, on the battery side, I think the continued push to have faster charging batteries higher energy batteries is really the game changer because it's our opinion that the current architecture for EVs and electric mobility is is going to be, you know, we look back 10 years from now, it's going to kind of look antiquated and being laughed at because, you know, you, you carry a battery that you can drive 400 miles. It's, you're basically carrying a gas station with you all the time and you're taking the weight of a gas station with you uh, but every day you only drive 50 miles or maybe 100 miles. So you don't need a 400 mile battery pack every day, you know, just once in a while. However, if you have really good fast charging and higher energy density cells, you may just need 
a battery in your car that drive 150 miles or 100 miles because you know you can top it off or fill you know fill the uh, recharge the battery within five minutes. So I think that's to me personally that's the ultimate goal is to work with industry players to create the highest energy battery cells with the fastest charging capabilities and keep it cool and keep it safe. Because in those cases, you're going to have much smaller batteries, which requires less material to build, which is less impact on the environment, and it's less weight to carry, and it's going to be less expensive because you got you know less batteries for the consumer, and that can accelerate the electrification, uh, electrification economy. And then you have the all the whole fast charging issue. You don't have uh, you don't have range anxiety. Uh, you don't have any of that stuff. So I think to get to that, you know, fifteen, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar car in a sustainable way, and using a quarter, if not you know, twenty percent of the existing natural resource to pr- produce that fast charging, higher energy cells. That's the future. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think that that would help alleviate a lot of the questions or concerns some people have as it relates to switching to EVs, some of it founded, some of it unfounded, right? But those types of initiatives would really help drive to more EV adoption, you know, across the US for sure, but across the globe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, th- when you look at the, some of the key technology barriers to achieve that, it's, it's managing the heat, it's managing the safety a- aspect of it. It's, it's knowing how the battery is behaving all the time. Uh, that's intelligence in the software, in the you know, knowledge about the cells and so forth. So that's the platform that Cooler is focused on. Well, I really appreciate you you coming on the show today. What's next for Cooler, uh, and how can we keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, so a lot of stuff going on. You know, really, really focused on growth this year. We believe that energy storage is uh, one of our key areas to growth. You know, Cooler One platform. You're going to see more and more customer announcements about Cooler One adoption into the marketplace. That's quarter one into space, uh, into military, like our army program, uh, into electric aviation, into energy storage. So we're certainly hopeful that uh, you're going to hear a lot more about the quarter one platform uh, in the marketplace in 2023. Thanks again. Appreciate the time. Uh, Great discussion. Great. Thank you very much, Dave. I'm David Banmiller, and this is the Interchange Recharged. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts and suggestions for topics we should look at on future episodes. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Interchange Show. See you next time.